I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Uh, thanks for all the crack from last week's podcast. Uh, it was brilliant. The feedback has been brilliant and glad to have you guys back on board. I don't know the updates on Eve's uh, dating life. That is the story, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know, but as I'm sure if a few of you have already um, done, you can get up to date with all of her uh, goings on at Eve Darcy one on Instagram. Send her a message. I'm sure she'll be delighted to chat to you. Um, but yeah, thanks so much again uh, to Eve for a great podcast. The news, upcoming news. I've got some... Uh, some dates coming up. I'm going to be at the Kilkenny Cat Lass Festival, uh, which is on the bank holiday weekend in June. I'm going to be playing on the Saturday night alongside with legends like Fred Cook, uh, Eleanor Tiernan and Phil Jupitus. I'm delighted to be doing it. It's my first time at the Kilkenny Cat Lass Festival and uh, I'm super excited about it because it's also a special year at the Cat Lass because they're celebrating 25 years of the Cat Lass Festival. But the most important thing, the real thing that I'm excited about at the Cat Lass Festival is to be playing in the Comedians Game of Football on the Sunday at 1 o'clock where they play Irish comedians against comedians from the rest of the world. It's, uh, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen... It's 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 what I'm living for, you know. The gig, meh, whatever. But I'm I'm in training now for this game. This is a big one, you know. And uh, already there's been a bit of controversy, controversy, as the director has already told me that I may be playing for Ireland, but also because of my mixed race element, I may also be playing for the rest of the world because they don't have enough players. So uh, I think I'm gonna look at. I'm not going to lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. If back in the heyday, when I was at my peak of playing football, if I had been given the choice, if both countries, Argentina and Ireland, had come calling for me, I'm not going to lie to you, I would have gone and played for Argentina. That's right. I would have done a Declan Rice on it because I just would have rather been playing with Lionel Messi than Kevin Kilban. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to playing that game of football. It's going to be exciting. Um, thank you to everybody who came to my new show that I did last weekend at the Five Lamps Arts Festival. The new show was called Ridiculous. And I called it that because it's a total cop-out. Because if anyone thought it was rubbish, they would have gone, what was that? That was really was ridiculous. Exactly. It didn't work, did it? <laughs> but I had great fun doing it. Fantastic audience. Thank you to the two Croatian kids who sat in the front row and gave me the best heckle I have ever gotten, which was 
when I said to the audience, do you want to hear me sing my new song? And only three of them went, yeah. And the young lad just let the biggest fart go that I've ever heard. Like, it gave me five minutes of comedy. It was fantastic. And he got, so A, that was the best heckle uh, of my career. And B, that was the biggest laugh of the night. So, no, we had a great time. Uh, loads of Brazilians in, a woman from the Basque region in. Thanks so much to everybody for coming. And we had great fun. And I really enjoyed doing it. And that will be back again at some point in some kind of format. And what other news is there? Oh, yes, I am going to be bringing my show, Son of a Preacher Man, will be playing again in Ireland twice, once in May and once in June. So uh, keep a listen out for that uh, to come and see that. But that is in preparation for going to the world famous Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I'm going to be going over there to uh, make my debut over there at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I'm going to be playing, I think it's a quarter to seven in the Gilded Balloon um, I'm going to be there for one week so I'll get back to you with confirmation on dates with that but I think it's pretty early on in the festival I'm going to be on at the Gilded Balloon with Son of a Preacher Man so delighted to be doing that really looking forward to it and I think that's all the news for now uh, plenty of goings on this week loads of crack, I had to meet a horse today I'll tell you about that another time. Um, but a lovely horse. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be working with a horse this week. Anyway, on to the podcast. This week, uh, my good pal, my good friend, the poet Jeff. Uh, Jeff and I met each other. Pfft, I, we, we can't really remember, but I think I made him coffee a lot. And uh, we certainly bump into each other in the street a lot, in pubs and chippers uh, in the early hours of the morning. But Jeff is a, a guy whose work I've followed for quite a while now. And um, he is, as the name says, the poet Jeff. He's a poet. Super talented guy. And the work he's been doing has been really exciting. He's done some political stuff that went viral on the internet. But he's also been doing some fantastic work with communities around the city where he is going and working with kids from, I suppose it could be it could be described as disadvantaged backgrounds, and and uh, giving them a voice and, and teaching them the ropes of the early stages of poetry and creativity and uh, and expressing themselves. He's doing fantastic work in communities, but he's also doing fantastic work as a performer. Um, you will catch him at all sorts of venues around the country. Um, to keep up with his goings on, you go onto Instagram at the poet Jeff. Jeff is spelled G E O F. Uh, this is a fantastic conversation. It's great crack. And I'm really honored also that he also on this podcast performs two uh, of his poems. Uh, the second one is right at the end of the podcast. And it's the first poem that he ever wrote. And uh, the first one is called Freewheeling. So we've got Freewheeling and First Kiss uh, are the two poems in this podcast as well. Um, thanks a million for listening, guys. Keep in touch with me on Instagram at hello Steve I don't really do Twitter. I'm not arsed. There's, there's too many trolls, isn't there? Um, but yeah, enjoy the show. Hello, Steve-o. <laughs> change, you filthy uh, I, I was thinking about you a lot today from the point of view of. <laughs> I knew I had to get in there quick before you did. <laughs> From the point of view of we're here in uh, Arbor Hill in Dublin 7, which is like, it's obviously changed a lot in the last few years, but you're yeah. an original. I'm an original, yeah. Born, bred and buttered. 
Born and bred. Yeah. Born and bred in the batter. Your family are from all around here? Yeah, my ma's from uh, just off Oxentown Road. My dad's south side, he's from Dunleary, but now my mum and her family are from here, yes. Yeah, so wow, so it goes back that far as well. Yeah, my grandmother my grandmother was from Wexford but moved up here when she was quite young and uh, yeah, and settled into uh, Ashford Street. Okay. And Stony Batter used to be, did, did you, is it that true? It used to be a cattle mart like way back in the Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Like, so uh, so we used to see the pigs getting marched down oh the really? street. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So when's that, the 80s? The 80s, yeah. Right, okay. I mean, like, I saw videos. I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you would, like, because down at the bottom of Citric, which is going on to where the Lilliput is. Yeah. The the uh, the big wall to the left that used to be where the pigs were all kept. Okay. And then you'd hear them coming in, and then on a Tuesday I think it was they were slaughtered, and you could hear them getting slaughtered. It was no. awful, man. Then sound of them, and then the smell for days was awful. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was mad. I mean, now it is. Uh, what's that smell? That's the pigs, and you could see the blood in the street and stuff. Yeah. Good Jesus on the yeah. streets. On the street you could see the blood. Yeah. Do you eat pork now? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's mental. Yeah, I mean, I can still hear the sound of pigs screaming as I go to sleep. When did that go? When did they get rid of that? Uh, no, the sound is still there every night. No. <laughs> every night, no. Uh, I don't know. Like, it must have been sometimes during the 90s they, they went. And then, like, I didn't see the cat market, but the, that was up the top of between Prussia Street and Ockham Street. Okay. Uh, where the houses are there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's pictures down some of the pubs around the place of them, like, marching the, the, the cattle up the middle of the street. Like down in Walsh's and that kind of stuff? Walsh's and Tommy's and stuff have pictures, yeah. Okay, right, I must yeah. check them out, yeah. Yeah. So how much of, like, I don't even know, we would have met probably hanging around either the cafes or the pubs or... Co- coffee shops, I think, yeah, because yeah, I would yeah. have been a friend of Pete and he I was I used to make your coffee, that's right. Yeah, did, yeah, 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 going into uh, Twisted Pepper. That's right, yeah. Yeah, Tria Fee in there, yeah. And uh, so, but how much of the work that you do as a poet is inspired by where you're from? Uh, quite a lot of it. Um... I suppose that, like some the stuff that I'm kind of more known for is my social commentaries, I suppose. Mm. But the the like I'm more so like an autobiographical poet. I think like I, yeah. I write about my life and yeah. where I come from and um, like experiences that I've had, relationships, all, all that kind of stuff. So I've always written about what I, what I know. Mm. Not always, but I've, when I started to find my voice, yeah. start to find out who I, who I am as a, as a as a writer, then I start to write about who you know who and what I know. And that was here. That was growing up here, growing up in the streets. Um, the the people I met around the time. Uh, yeah. So a lot of it, even like um, like one of my favorite lines th- that I wrote was like, "I come from a Dublin that's old school, with home truths and youths and shiny tracksuits." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So so and then there was a guy. There was a, a poet. Uh, he, he unfortunately completed suicide, but his name was Paul Curran. Mm. Absolutely incredible talent. And when I was starting off, he was he was he took kind of took me aside one day. He was like. You know, you've a north side voice. Use your voice. Don't soften your accent. You use your voice. You know that that's our our kind of the tools that we have. You know, mm. and be proud of it. And that's that really kind of kind of rung home with me. You know I mean, I thought that, that that's that's really interesting because I thought that I had to soften my accent so it, it was accessible to other people. Yeah, yeah. And he told me to do it the other way. So, yeah, yeah. And then I've kind of when I perform on stage, my accent comes out more more so now because of that, yeah. I remember this exact same thing being told to Damien Dempsey when he was starting out as a uh, as a singer that he he thought the exact same thing and he was told to drive into it more because yeah. it's it's more of it, it's of you, like you know, it's and to be proud of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- the the scene of the the poetry is something that I've actually come to know through you, actually, and okay. um, you're completely my link into it. It's a mad scene. 
it, it is a mad, <laughs> yeah. it is a mad scene, and I, I, like it's it's also uh, I think it's 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 a beautiful thing from the point of view of there seems to be I could be completely wrong, but it seems to be a lot of people. Uh, who have similar backgrounds to you, similar upbringings to you that are getting involved in this world. And there's a specific, it's like a genre of, of, of poetry from the point of view of the gang that is, you know, is, is hanging out, that is emanate, that there's a, there's a work emanating from that gang that is quite specific, that wasn't around when I was a kid. You know what no. I mean? It seems to be a place that you guys can express yourself in a way that you wouldn't have been able to before. Absolutely. Like, like... So when I started writing poetry, I was in probably around junior cert age, you know. You're doing it that long, okay. Yeah, yeah. And like, and, and I kind of rebelled against my English teacher because uh, like I loved the, the, the words that, were being sp- that I was reading off the pages. And then I'd go, like, this is amazing. I think this. And I was like, no, no, no. You're not going to get points if you do it. Like, you don't, like, it has to be like this. You have to know that Yeats's love was more gone and all this. And I was, going, I was getting really confused going like, but... Uh, like that, pe- that poem seems so much more to me than just I have to dissect every single little part. Do you remember so any of those poems that particularly that you were doing in school? Like um, it was the one um, tread softly because you tread in my dreams. Wow, it's my dad's uh, favorite poem. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Robert Frost, the the road not t- uh, the road less taken. Yeah. And uh, that one, that one, I, m- I remember hearing that for the first time in class and being like, "Holy shit! Like this is my life." You know what I mean? Yeah, this is this yeah. is kind of. I'd never been able to express that before, but I'd always been a bit different and done things different way. And then suddenly I had this on a page and like, and I had this really strong connection to it. And then I just rebelled against it and just started writing my, all my own stuff because I wasn't allowed like express why it was important to me, you know? So I, d- I did that for a while. In the sense, so they were telling you what the right answer was to, to, Pretty much, to yeah. what you feel about the poem? Yeah, because like it was like... That's lovely. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, w- it, was, it was mad because I'm like... Because I, I, w- I was really passionate about it, you know, but I was very quiet in school, right. really, really reserved, a lot more of an introvert. And um, yeah, and so th- I, I found it very confusing that, that I had to feel or had to know the answer to to poetry when I was like, I, I didn't wasn't able to express it at the time. But I was thinking like, but, but, but it's but art is something that you feel, you know, what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. Like I, I it's not logical, I suppose, is it? No, and that's why I I don't really like slam competitions because they're like a competitive, competitive poetry, and I get really I get really down after a slam competition, you know, because like. So slam competitions for people who don't know what kind of. It's like a poetry, like poetry off, like you know, right. like like when you see in a, in a like like an Eminem, not like Rap an Eminem, like, yeah, but but not not so much like that. You go in with it with some poetry. You d- you have it has to be under three minutes long. You do your piece, and then if you get through, you go to the final, and then you do another three minute piece. It's all pre rehearsed, right, right. Uh, or you c- it has to be under three minutes, and then the the best poem of the night or the best poet of the night is declared the winner, and. Like I've seen some wonderful pieces that don't get through the first round, and yeah, in- including my own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, um, yeah, but so I I find that I get I find that very very frustrating. And then because of I've put myself out there and I haven't won, even though that like I know that that's not the reason I'm in it. I get I get very very down afterwards and feel low. So I I don't like feeling like that. So I I, I don't do it anymore. The the I suppose that means that it's coming from a very different place. Uh, then I don't know how I'm going to describe this. This is why we need poetry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> because Use your words, I, I understand, but I understand what what you're saying in that. Like, if 
from what I know of you, what your po- where your poetry comes from and the things that you want to say come from. Like you're not doing it to do it correctly. You're doing it following what it is that you feel about yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so how how can you um, assess that? How can you? I know. You know yeah. How does that tick boxes? How do you measure that? That's doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. Well, and what I, what I've come around to doing um, from talking to other people and and just kind of from assessing my own stuff as well. It's like. And I say to other poets too, it's like once you're happy with your with your piece, mm. that's the main thing. Write for yourself. Don't write mm. for anybody else. Write for yourself. And once you're happy with your piece, then that's enough. Because like, w- like when I wrote the a letter to Leo piece, you know, which kind of went against or you know questioned the government and what they were doing around homelessness, mm. that that took off and it was massive. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, now I'm a social. Po- I, I kind of like, oh well, I'm social you know, commentator I'm, now. I, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I kind of did a, I I kind of fell into it by accident. And then it's like, oh, well, my next piece, does that have to be social commentary? And yeah, I got, you know, yeah, yeah. and I got really, really confused. Or when I did a piece called uh, First Kiss and it was my first real spoken word piece. And then that kind of like blew up and loads. Of, I got loads of attention from that. I think I heard you doing that one. That was uh, about an ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I and remember uh, seeing you do that, yeah, yeah. And then so I'm like, oh, well, how do I write about my second kiss? And I was really confused. I'm like, oh, God, I have to write like that. And okay, okay. So then it took me a while to kind of like feel good about the fact that or, or just accept the fact that I need to just write about what I want to write about and that's enough for me and and that kind of is enough for me I'm not I'm not 100% there but like I, that's where I tr- that's where I aim to be okay is in that kind of like that little space and that's where the, where, where the, the kind of the beauty comes from so how do you catch the, the the little inspiration how do you where does it start you know it's just uh it's funny because for the last few months i've been writing for other people doing commissions and stuff like that so i've been all in that zone for a while and and i wanted to go back and catch that where where where, where was it that i got those inspirations from so i went up to Derry to a, a writer's workshop back in february and just spent like three days just walking around beaches and kind of mountains and and just letting the words come to me again and not having any stress and I'm just waiting for that first line. My first line is key. It's like a, a li- and it's like a literal key into my pieces where I I, I kind of search around the dark room and and then the line comes and I pick it up and I it's my open the door and then the light bursts in and then I'm like ah this is where I'm meant to be. Right. This is a uh, this is my piece and like like I was telling you the bike you saw outside yeah. the new bike that. I I got it and I was cycling up to the park and my hull was fucking killing me because <laughs> the saddle's too high. I'm like the saddle, it's, and it's just like, I'm like oh, this is such a beautiful day in the sun and everything. I'm but like me fucking hull, yeah. It's on the bollocks off myself. <laughs> and then from that, I got this memory of um, of cycling with my dad and how he would he would go through um, the gear changes when I got my first bike with with it was a mountain bike. So and he he showed me like how to use the gears and I thought this was amazing. I felt like uh, I was in the Olympics and yeah. and I talked through all the gear changes with him, being like, and I, I was going down the hill. And so I went up one and then came down two and and he would like listen as if this was the most important thing in the world. And I'm like, wow. that's like that's a father's love, you know what, what I mean? A memory, like, yeah. And it only came through the fact that like me ass was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my that was my key in that day. And so I wrote I wrote a poem. And uh, yeah, I just kind of stopped the bike, jumped off. There was a, a, a little bench there and sat down and just, yeah, it was beautiful. It was really, really nice. So you caught that moment. And so f- yeah. did you do you go write a poem straight through then at that I point? I just, straight through, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like it was a short one. It wasn't like one of my longer pieces. It was a shorter one. But then, yeah, it, and it was, and I, I kind of finished off. I, I like the way I finished off because I finished off with like we used to freewheel home 
together. So we'd start start at the gates there on you're the North y- Circular. Y- you're probably going to have to do it now, eh? Well, Will you remember it? We cycled everywhere together. Him and a hand-me-down racer and me and a mountain bike that would only ever see the streets. He showed me how to go fast. Taught me to use my gears properly. All 18 of them. I felt like I was in an Olympic time trial. He only encouraged this. I talked him through every gear change I made, born the face of him. Still, he would listen intently and nodded with approval. That's a father's love for you, I suppose. We'd finish by freewheeling home, seeing if we could make it without pedalling. Our bikes would slow as we egged them on, and I, I wish we'd never stop. Wow, that's beautiful. Thanks, man. That's a, that's a, wow. The pictures on that are, are amazing, yet so simple and so, uh, what you can really see the father's love in that because you obviously had a great relationship with your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. And it's like, when you're saying the words are so simple, that, that's always what I've tried to do is like, like poetry is not an elitist thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's for everybody. It's like, it's, it's how we connect. You know what I mean? So, like, I, it's very important to me that when I see that when I was in the, that junior cert or leaving cert class, it felt elitist to me, even though I felt that I could understand that and I was, mm. I was connecting to it. So like now it's it's like, like I, I like being able to say like it's just normal words, you know. And the the, the beauty of what well, the beauty of something like that is like this like even <laughs> maybe it's because we're the same generation, but saying a mountain bike and eighteen gears. And all that, I remember yeah. th- when you heard like we, th- that's how you used to compare bikes. Do you remember that? Yeah, just who like, had the most like, gears? I've got Twelve. He's got eighteen. Oh, like Jeez, you're never going to use them. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> now it's all single speed, isn't no, it? No, yeah. <laughs> but well, like well, it brings you that just. The 18 gears and the way that I came is like brings it in fast, like you know, brings in your memories of your childhood straight away. It's that's the goal, yeah. And it's amazing that so you were telling me earlier on about the work that you were literally doing today with the kids in, from Fingless in junior cert level, yeah. Who are, who are you're kind of you're the key for them, I suppose, at, at this point. Y- yeah, it's my god, it's so humbling, you know, it's so so humbling. I'm l- I'm loving it. You were saying like it's kind of like you're working today, and I'm like, nah, I was just going up there having the crack with them, yeah, and uh. And they're so talented as well, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was saying to um, there's a kid, he's a rapper, and he goes by Ancient Official. His name is Keen, so he he researched his name, and his name mean, uh, meant it was, like, ancient, or there was some toy with that, so that's what, what his rap name is. And okay. And then he had this line, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying it, but it was a line that really kind of caught me off guard, and it was like... Copyright now, this is... Me. Yeah, this is not my line, this, this is his. Line. Yeah, this is much better than that, like, like, he, like, I think he's, like, 14 or 15, and he said... Depression is like a rain, and I'm afraid because I'm not seeing as many sunny days. I thought, my God, like heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, and th- to be able to connect to yourself at at that age and to know how you're feeling and to describe it in such a vivid and beautiful way, yeah. So, I, like, I get to just sit down and tell them. So, what? So, how does that process work? I mean, I. Pff. There was nothing like that, obviously, when you were a kid, a kid no. either. But you're going into schools, you're doing this work, you're meeting uh, these kids and doing this work. How does yeah. that start? How do you open? Because that's quite an intimate thing for him to go and say. And yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To write, and that's tough in your teenage years to open Very yourself much like so, that. Yeah. But to be able to do it is... It's crazy. It's crazy talented. Um, Poetry Ireland approached me and okay. they, they asked me if I'd like to go in and work with some some kids in schools and I said yeah I'd love to I'd love to get the opportunity to do it and uh, the program's called Wraparound it's been going for a few years um, I think the fact that I have a north side accent kind of is, is one of the things that, that they like because makes the you kids relatable can, yeah the kids can relate to me and so 
yeah and then I just started going up and the first week was a little bit rocky the, the room was really small there was like 20 kids so it was hard to get it was hard to get space for them and, and like I'm I, I like high ceilings you know I don't like low scenes I feel a bit trapped when I'm writing like that I like space and I like it being so bright for the physical moment of, of, yeah, of yeah. writing okay wow yeah I, li- I like I like physical space so I could see a sense by them that they 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 seem to be like felt they were trapped but I got a sense of like what they could write who they were and stuff like that so this week I was a lot more prepared we went up we had this beautiful library uh, that was in the school um, really high ceilings really bright there was space I was able to separate them out and have them in little like pockets around their own and then work one on one with them and um, yeah and, and get some stuff and kind of and help them along give them, give them some tips just yeah I suppose obviously without giving away identities or anything like what kind of stuff were kids of that age writing poetry about well th- we, w- we were writing for a premise this was about okay. like uh, we had to write the, the, the theme was like people people who had left the land so it was all about like immigration and, and right. what they were going about i was looking at some of their other stuff kind of at the side as well but like some of the lines that were coming out was brilliant like really getting into like not 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 viewing race as a as a color and uh and like fe- like the, f- the fear that these people had in their lands where like they've no home and their land is being destroyed by bombs and drones and stuff it was they were really getting into it yeah so it was it was great to see and seeing the kids just go, going into flow, you know, th- that sense where their mind is shut off and they're just writing and they're not thinking about everything else is separated. Mm. Um, Colm Keegan has an amazing poem called LMNOP and he, he talks about like, as a kid during junior infants, seeing the alphabet around the room. Yeah. It's like, I have to learn all of that. And then you're asked it for the first time and you, you start A, B, C, D, E, F and you get to the LMNOP bit and it's like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm in flow. I'm grand. Once I'm, once I'm past that, <laughs> I'm fine and I'm in and, and he says, and that's what kind of writing is. It's the LMNOP part. It's the, the part where you don't have to think anymore and you're just flowing. So yeah, it was lovely seeing some of the, some of the kids just flow, getting into that flow today and yeah. Did you, um, in, in the, what's the demographic of a class like that? Do you deal with people from all over the world in that situation? Is it quite... They're all they're all Irish. There's one or two from different backgrounds. Um, yeah, so I, d- I, don't, I didn't really ask questions. So I don't. Okay, I right. Do you just know, yeah. through, okay. I don't because it, it it doesn't it doesn't really mean any anything. Yeah. Does it? I mean, it's because like like it's just words. It's poetry. Poetry yeah. doesn't discriminate, and it doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. Like just let's start putting stuff down the page. So you started doing this at a, like a, a junior sort of level, and. Were you writing all the time? Did you find yourself writing? And at that stage, the scene that you're in now didn't exist. No, no. So it where didn't. do you go to to work that out? So then, so I've done a load of different things. I've always been kind of uh, creative, and I went. I was writing for a while. I've always kind of written. I went into a few bands. I tried my hand at rap. It was an absolute like car crash, <laughs> like an absolute car crash. <laughs> so you I were the rapper. I was the rapper. What was your the rap name? It was just Jeff, but like it was just. Terrible, like it's a good name, just Jeff, then. just Jeff, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah, and then like I had this terrible accent, and oh, I was just no, you put on an American accent, oh, yo, or, yo, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, and I was man. doing, I was doing all political stuff and being really like, I want to change the world, and yeah. then, and then I went into uh, photography for a while. I was a music photographer, got to do some cool stuff with like uh, Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones, oh, and wow. Dita Tees and stuff was really cool, and then. And then I was in this long-term relationship, and uh, I, like I got married when I was thirty-three. I didn't know that. Jeez. No, no, but no, I don't really like broadcast it. Like, <laughs> how, how ironic! <laughs> yeah. uh, but then, like, but then the, the marriage broke down within nine months. So then I was, 
at the end of college so I was I had like I had no job I had to, I had to get a new home and I had no relationships so I was in this kind of like vacant space yeah tough and yeah it was mad and, and I didn't know I didn't know I could go to anybody to talk about it like so I felt my own and I was like yeah it was I was a it was a fucking shit time like I woke up on the floor in my uh, kitchen one time after drinking a bottle of gin and being like I just wanting the pain to go away and mm. I wanting the confusion to go away and yeah, so I st- like I was r- kind of writing before then, uh, like starting again. So I just l- kind of threw myself into into the writing because it was the, o- the only way that I could. The only time when the the hurt and the pain wasn't there was when when I was putting the pain pen to paper, and it was the only way I was starting to kind of understand it. And then I started going to like I told my parents and my friends. I told my my friends like six months after it happened, and they were like after after the the breakup had happened. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So and so they were like li- literally going through this on your own, not telling anybody. Not telling, yeah. Wow. And then, but then I was like, like the day of the waking up on the the floor of the kitchen, I uh, it was like a couple of weeks after it had happened, and I thought I never want to feel like this again. I never want to feel this low because I was I was really really fucking low, and I thought, well, every day after this is going to be a day closer to where I want to be, so. I'm not gonna let myself get broken by this. I'm gonna I'm gonna start again. It's gonna take a long time, but every single day is gonna be just one more day. And even on the days when I felt shit, it was grand I could ring up like my sister or something and be like, I'm having a fucking shit day. Come and, you know, listen to me cry for a bit. And uh, she would and then then it'd be alright and then I go at it again. But it was another day towards where I wanted to be. So it was just then like building up a, a circle of friends again. My mates, my childhood mates were amazing because I kind of wasn't around as much as I was. It was one of those lads in a relationship and just does everything for the relationship and then oh, yeah, yeah. kind of like... Intense. It, yeah, and ignores his friends. Okay. So, like, when I rang them up and I told them, they were like, oh, yeah, look, you were always a fucking agent. Anyway, look, come on, we're down the pub. I just, <laughs> I just made everything normal, you know? <laughs> and Walsh w- is looking at the p- pictures of the dead pigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was grand, but I just started, like, but and then I started, like... I st- I was writing constantly there and constantly and constantly like every single day, and then like I was getting some different f- like groups of friends from different because I was just saying yes to everything you know what I mean like I was tr- trying to pick up my life again saying yes to everything going to like all of these nights and had had these weird groups of friends and eventually some of my friends became were were musicians and like uh, one of my mates Greg Greg Clifford said he came back from Berlin who went all over there to kind of find himself as a writer as a mu- musician okay, okay and he says he came back and um he, s- he said I turned up in the pub and like I was drinking loads at the time do you know what I mean because like we're Irish how else do you get over a horse <laughs> just fucking get locked and he said and I turned up in the pub one day and he's like yeah yeah I know some of the lads I'm Greg I'm like what do you do he's like I'm a musician I'm like yeah get me on board because I'm fucking deadly at writing you said <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then and then I, I I couldn't remember. And then like a, about like four weeks later, I rock into Tommy's and the best the best seat in the house is that little round table for watching football. You oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the back, and he was there, and he's like, it's yeah, a bastard to get that seat. It's a bastard <laughs> to get that seat. Yeah. And he's he was there, and he was like, "How are you, Jeff? How's things? Do you want to jump in?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll jump in. Yeah." And I'm sitting down, thinking, "Well, at least he has the good seat." But who the hell is this bloke? And then he's talking, going, "Yeah, we must do something together." I'm like, "Yeah, of course." Like is this and then eventually he's like do you not remember you were down here locked saying you should be in my band I'm like oh right yeah yeah no I'm not going to be in your band I'm doing poetry now <laughs> okay uh, so you'd started getting into poetry like the scene had started up around then well I well I was writing and then some of my mates were like you got to do an open mic and do right. this open mic uh, called the Monday Echo and I started just that was when I started going up on stage and then 
from then I started getting these weird little gigs um, for features, which happened quite quick. Like Greg let me support him on when he was launching an EP in uh, the Tivoli backstages, Drop Dead so Toys. So he's now. a musician and yeah. he's got a music gig on and he gets you to open with poetry. Yeah. And he'd never heard me do poetry. <laughs> yeah, so he was shitting himself. But uh, So he was like, I hope he does, I hope he's all right. But I went in and, and the, the crowd, I've told the story a million times, the crowd was mad weird. Half of it was like burlesque Ireland and half of it was like WrestleMania, Irish wrestling, wrestling fans, all either coming from the Tivoli or going to the Tivoli. Right. It was half and half. And I get up and I'm like, how is I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm going to do some poetry. But I just was, I was just real brash. I was like, you're going to have to listen to me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> here you are. Shut the fuck up. Here's some poetry. And I didn't know there was a poetry scene going on in Ireland at the time, but I was just enjoying being up on stage and kind of, just having fun, you know what I mean? Like yeah. having fun and I kind of felt like, I kind of felt a bit rock and roll, you know? We were just going around, we had nothing to prove, uh, kind of drinking, like like going in, getting great reactions from the crowd um, and yeah, and just leaving it all there. Jesus, it's, yeah, well, it's proper punk, isn't it? It's it was, yeah, it was deadly. It was really, 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 and, and I learned, I learned so much about how to perform and, and then I went on tour with Greg um, down to Galway and we we had two gigs down in Galway and a few other gigs but like the, the ones the first one down in Galway I was like fucking it like I'm just going in and like I just read off the page and no rehearsals but the, the other people that were there were so well rehearsed and I thought oh right well if I'm going to step up to this level then okay. I have to take it a bit more seriously okay. so like before the next gig and there was a lot of kind of shenanigans in between um the next gig was like three nights later and um but i went and i spent hours going over my pieces okay getting myself down get my tone right and when i went on stage that that night i felt it was like the first time i felt like th- that this was something that i could do yeah wow so th- so in in the rehearsal period of it is that you on your own do you use other people is there a director is there no it was all it's all of it's been me and my own so like and then yeah so then i like after that i started i wrote the piece first kiss um a little bit after the tour had ended i went went over to manchester listened to this guy called polar bear and he's a a piece called jessica and i was like jesus this is this is mind-blowing and then i wrote the piece called first kiss pretty much on the way over on the on the on the flight and on the way back and then i i stopped off at the airport on the way back to the grave diggers and wrote it on the lawn there because it was a beautiful day and then I performed that piece two days later and um, this girl called Alice Kinsella was like, you know, who are you? I know every poet in, in Ireland. Mm. I haven't seen you before. And I'm like, oh, I'm Jeff. I'm, I've just been doing stuff with musicians. She's like, but there's a scene. You have to be in the scene. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> like, to be honest. <laughs> and she's like, look, come tomorrow. Yeah, I want you to be in a writer's group. Colin Keegan's going to be there. And I said, I, I don't know who he is. And she's like, you don't know Colin Keegan? He's, he's like the biggest poet in Ireland. And I went like, I was like, oh, right, uh, right. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, thanks, minion. And then I went along and then I got invited to this writer's group and, and like Colin's a friend now, but and I can't believe I didn't know who, who he was at the time. Uh, and he but and he was amazing to me, you know what I mean? He really, really supported my writing, gave me some great, great uh, kind of tips and then then put me up to was like a Liberties Festival and, and they I was the headliner for the Liberties Festival and I was on stage and it became it became more theatrical. So as I was I was going from like having a book in front of me to now suddenly learning off all my words and then going from that to like putting kind of actions or like yeah. choreographing it yeah. you know not not in a kind of cringy way but no but not at all because i've seen you a few times and there's something um 
and again i I don't want to make it cringy either but there's in your performance i would say there's nearly something spiritual sometimes going on and there's very like the only other person that i've seen do that uh in uh, but it's it's not it's not that you're, you're doing the same thing at all but christy dignam very much does that with aslan oh right, he's yeah. seen certain cer- certain li- lyrics he kind of goes away in his own head and he kind of makes shapes and all that stuff yeah not at all saying <laughs> you're doing the same thing yeah. but you're definitely there's this it's nearly to me anyway watching it sometimes there seems to be a spiritual kind of a you know you're so caught in the thing that you're 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 in you're in you're so in the story that it's manifesting itself and it's in your body as well as the words that are coming out as yeah well. yeah that's kind of where where I, I wanted it to be so that like that the expression comes from obviously the, the words but then the tone uh the pauses between my words are so important yeah they're great yeah and and th- and then my body as well my body's another way of, of showing the the, yeah. the expressions i've so noticed that in you in your work as well in your performance well you use pauses very differently to everybody else I l- yeah they're very important to me yeah. yeah it's kind of part of my style now i suppose yeah that i'm not afraid of the silence it's like dropping a bomb sometimes when you leave it at a certain yeah point. Like, <laughs> yeah like the <gasps> silence is deafening yeah and it's like where's this going now it's amazing yeah there's like and and I'm working up to that point so that, that yeah. it kind of becomes like mini crescendos within the pieces that it's like, oh, here's where we are now. Uh-huh. And it brings people in. And, and it's like that, that part of a performance when like if a crowd is is kind of chatting away and then you, you bring them around and you get that silence in the crowd and they're listening and then the, you get to that point and then we all have a silence together and everybody feels it. And I, I don't know what it is, but there's something really special in those times. And... Yeah, and somebody so like uh, Colin was like said to me before. He was like, "Don't be afraid of the silences." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know. He says you use them so well. Don't be afraid of them. Yeah. So I I try and keep. There's like a clock in my head, like a, a metronome that that I go on, so they that they're exact spaces. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. So yeah. you're so you're going along with your in flow, and you can feel when to. Yeah, it's it's move cool. it here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exact timing. And is there a se- is there a sense at all? Because when you were saying that you hate the slam thing, for example, that to me says that you know you're coming you're coming from such a true place inside that you like the slam concept can't work versus the the speaking from true feeling like the the, the, the same thing you know it's it's a bit of a clash like you know yeah and look it works for some people and yeah. some people are amazing at it you know what I mean and like and the slams that have been in like I've seen some just incredibly talented poets mm. and like a. I'm not putting them the slam competitions down. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just not for me. So no, absolutely, I, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what? But because you come from that place in your, you know, your follow, you're following your flow essentially. Does does rehearsal at all ever take that away from you a little bit? Sometimes. Oh my, my, like I rehearse right here where we are now. Okay. Oh right. Yeah, and I look out that window there, so I always think. Like the people back there must be looking in at me because I do it so often. He's at it again. He's at it, and then I write, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that gobshite. Oh, what's that? What's he, who's he think he is? James had a bottle of gin again. He said he wouldn't go there, but fuck it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but like, like it. T- I I build up to it. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I'm trying to break because my pieces are so long that I'm breaking them down and down and down, and eventually, like. I look at getting into the flow eventually so that, that I'm doing it. But I won't put as much energy into the rehearsals okay. as I will into the performance. I just want to get ready and know that I'm set. And then when I go onto the stage, because I become, a, I become a, like a, a persona on stage. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not Jeff, I'm the poet Jeff. Okay. So like there's a, it's like... So, that's so, so you do actually in your head have that, that I'm yeah. switching into this thing when I go Absolutely, yeah. Okay, wow. Well. Yeah. Where, well, where did that come from? Where does that realisation well, come from? Well, because like... Because my words are, are so, 
I suppose are so honest. Do you know that like I talk about I talk about everything in my life. I talk about my, my hardest breakups. I talk about like the death of my brother. I talk about like like growing up with no money or I talk about my frailties and vulnerabilities. Um so that's that's like it's hard to write that, but then to perform it I, c- I can't be attached to the words when I perform it okay. because it, it would just take too much out of you. Do you know what I mean? Like it, you would, you, you would be That's emotionally spent. A mature, uh, wise way of looking at it, I have to say. Because I've struggled with that stuff in the past myself. Not being able to, with acting, for example, I just like, I am the thing. And yeah. I kill it like it's It drains you. It yeah. drains you. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I, um, I wrote a piece called Liberty's Not Welcome the piece for the Liberties Festival and it was about how Dublin 8 is being destroyed by by landlords and by developers and there was one place in particular that I used I used the Ivy Markets as a like a metaphor for mm-hmm. for a happening and I called out the developer in the poem that that did it and it was supposed to go into a newspaper and uh, one of the big newspapers and it was being printed and everybody was like you're getting it printed this is amazing what a great your career is huge and you know, mm-hmm. all this and then they said I can't use the developer's name and I said well my original draft of it I didn't have his name and I kind of put it in there afterwards so that's alright and it went off and they came back and they said oh you can't use the name of the markets anymore and I was like what and and uh, so I was like well that's the whole they're, they're, that's the whole crux of the poem is around yeah. the, that, that metaphor and it was put put down simply it was like well if you use the the markets we're not printing it but if you don't use the markets we'll print it and again Colin Keegan was on the phone with me going like what do you want to do I'm not going to push it either side and I went there's no fucking way I'm changing my poem <laughs> you know what I mean like there's no way like that that this is that this is like I don't want to be censored you know what I mean I don't ever want to be censored my, my art is more important to me than just getting it printed in a fucking paper that'll happen again if mm. it's me- you know what I mean like yeah. or, or it may not happen again but fuck it and that night I went on stage because you can, that's the great thing about open mics in Dublin, you can just go straight in, you can write something, you can feel it, and you can go straight on stage that night, and I went in, and I just, I let out all my frustration on stage, and when I was rehearsing it here that day, there was tears flowing down my face, I was so angry, that you can call a drug addict on the street, anything you want, anybody in any publication, call them anything you want, they're nameless, you can call them junkies, take away their, take away their humanity, but you can't use a developer's name and say the exact thing that he's doing and using the, the public, truth. using the truth. And I, I got all of the information from the, the newspaper that was going to publish me. It was like mad ironic. And I was so frustrated at it. I was so annoyed. And I went in that night and I did it on stage and I came off stage and I was drained. I was, I was done, but I needed to get that out of me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it can take itself, but like the goal is to try and detach Okay. So that, and, and that gives the, like, the audience don't want to see an exhausted performer. They're, they're balling on stage. And then they they, they want to see a performance. They, you know, it, it's, it's they theatrical. They want to be taken away. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a theatrical piece. And, and so that's where, that's where I try to be. I try to, like, once I write it down and do it a couple of times, then I just detach from the words and, 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 and you know, show it to other people then. Is there, I suppose there's a sense of back a long time ago when I used to write <laughs> songs in a band myself, there's a sense of... Uh, is there is there a difference of when you're in the moment and you're in flow writing the thing that that moment is then gone once it's you know then the performance of it is okay i'm in i'm in a moment where i am finding what i can find here in this moment but the the actual magic i have to detach from that moment of the past when it was created is it can be like they're two they're two s- slightly separate ones you know like th- when you're when you're writing it there is like if you get into that magical sp- you know spot you know what i mean like i 
I love those times when I finish writing a piece and then I text my mates going, I'm after writing an absolute fucking banger. Boom. Like, this is, I know this one's deadly. <laughs> and, um, like, actually, when I was up in Derry, I was looking, because I, I hadn't write, written in so long, I was looking to write a piece for, for my new girlfriend because I hadn't written anything about her. And I was like, I don't want it to be shit because, like, some of the other stuff I've written about my exes are kind of like... Deadly. Then, yeah, yeah. Hot and steamy. Yeah. So then when, when I, so I didn't know what I was going to write. And, but anyway, I wrote this piece. And when I finished it, I was like, yeah, I've written a banger. I'm so delighted because it was something that I think that she deserves. Um, So I felt it then, you know what I mean? But then when, like... When I'm performing, sometimes I just, it just feels like I'm like, my mind is just looking around and the words are coming out and I feel in, in, in a different type of flow and I'm like, and I'm elated, but I feel like I'm almost behind myself looking at me doing the performance right, okay. that it's like, I, like every, it's like muscle memory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, like the, like the LMNOP thing, like mm-hmm. the words are just easy. I don't even have to search them. They're just coming and I'm looking around and I'm taking it all in and I'm just like, yeah, it's a different type of flow. But just as important, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it, uh, it, it's not necessarily a thing for all poets that they would want to have to go and perform, is it? No, no, no. Some people like to write for the page. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's some, some beautiful stuff. on the, And some people cross over, you know what I mean? Like Colin Keegan's stuff crosses over. Um, Anne Tannen's stuff is, is beautiful as well. That crosses over. Mm. So yeah, yeah. But some, like there is more, you, c- you can see now, like going to, I was out with the open mic scene for, for months and then I went back there a few weeks back and there's a whole new kind of new wave of new wave of performers coming right. through and they, they're like the cool people in the open mics and, and they're like the people that everybody else is looking up to and it's really weird kind okay. of going back in and seeing it but great and seeing some seeing another wave of performing posts that are coming through with some amazing stuff so for the last few years that I've, I've known you here you've been doing all sorts of work from commissions you've done some work for Dublin City Council didn't you yeah I was the writing residence for Dublin City Council that's right yeah. so that's all done was that the thing that you did in the in the access theater yeah in the Eventually, access yeah. yeah yeah tell us yeah. a bit more about that that was an amazing project yeah I got a I got a text from uh and um, this girl I know called Jessica Laird and she said have you ever thought about doing a residency just out of the blue and I was like yeah, I'd love to. I says, but I, d- I don't know how to go about it. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. I'm, I kind of like, like I kind of just fall through through my career. I don't put that much up online. I just kind of go and I, I say yes to loads of mad projects. And then, so she was like, "Look, I, I have this project, and um, I'd love you to be the writing residence for it. Can we have a chat?" And I thought, "Absolutely, yeah." I'm like, "This is bloody nuts." So then, it, like, yeah, it ended up I was the writing residence for Dublin City Council in the the northwest area over the over last summer. And I got to work with four different groups up in Finglas. Uh, I got to work with an active retirees group, um, like these older women who are absolutely fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, I got what kind of age are you talking? Like sixty plus upwards to like up to up to eighty plus. Like and so you're writing poetry with with these. I'm teaching them how to write how to right. write poetry, how to connect, and then wow. c- and coming up with a show with them. Yeah. Wow. It was. Oh my god, it was amazing! And then they would just out of nowhere, they just burst into song. They'd be doing something, and then they just burst into song, and then they'd all be singing, and I'd be just standing there smiling, going, "This is blatant deadly," <laughs> you know. And like, or they'd, they'd sp- like one of the times they were going, and they uh, they just burst into Coldplay. Uh, oh, it's wow. all yellow, you know, and like because we're sunny, I'm going, like, yeah, and and they had the most amazing memories. It was gorgeous memories of like stuff, you know, being 14 and b- being like 13 or 14 and on the street and then getting called in by their ma and being like, all right, you can't play anymore. You're starting work tomorrow. And like they were out playing like 
hopscotch or something and yeah, then yeah. and then the next day they're, that's it they're, they're starting to work they've wow. got away and they're an adult that change yeah. you know walking out of your, your house one one afternoon as a kid and walking back in as an adult madness um then i got to work with uh a, a, the youth group up in fingless which kind of it was the hottest summer in ireland so the youth group thing didn't work out as well as well because they tough. were like, that was right. tough yeah Me, but we, yeah they were doing so but i'm gonna hopefully get get to work them yeah. again i got to work with fast which is the fingless addiction support team um which was just mind-blowing like hearing people's stories like going through these incredible events seeing the joy like like one one of the lads wayne had a lot like he was over at coventry as a footballer almost went professional came back home played with a couple of teams here ended up ended up being an, an addict and was like like i don't want the big house anymore i don't want the fast car i don't want all the money i just want stability and that's my dream now and i was like right. jesus christ I went to be in a room when somebody writes that is just mm. It's amazing, and and then I worked with another group of parents who had whose children um have autism, and those women were just yeah unbelievable. It was like you can tell. I, I don't mean to keep saying everything was brilliant. It was great, you know what I mean. Like, but it was it was a real really really humbling to be able to to work with those groups and and to help them put their stuff together and to put on a show in the Axis and Ballymun, which then went on to be a documentary and. Yeah, it was great. And we packed out the gaff that night, yeah. And what was the response like from the audiences? The response was huge, but yeah. you're just like, you're giving, like, like people getting the, getting the platform to have a voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To talk about their lives, to talk about the the hardships they've been through and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then to be on a stage with 200 plus people there, and to have the bravery, they've never performed before, yeah. and to go out and just, you know, give it to them, you know, stick it to that microphone, make people listen. It was brilliant. About some of the most intimate things that they've yeah. ever been going through in their lives. And I was like, I was in rehearsals the week before. We were going up on the, on the Friday in the rehearsals. And I was just, I was sitting in the middle of the theater watching them because I was, you know, I was helping them with the performance and stuff like that. And I was just, I was so emotional. You know what I mean? I was filled with so much pride for the, for the, for the groups that I worked with. Yeah, it was one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's obvious through the course of this conversation that you are a passionate Tiny man bit. <laughs> about <laughs> this work. But yeah. like, is there any money in it? And I don't mean that from a, like how much you make in point of view. What what I mean is that like there's so much passion and work is going into this. But yeah. in terms of what I mean, what I do uh, uh, as a comedian, in terms of thinking of career and development and all that kind of stuff, does that even come into it? Or so like for for last the last eight months, I've kind of been working like a professional poet. Okay. So I've gone from like that residency. I, w I was paid for that. And then I went into another commission for a local heroes project in Dublin and I had to write portraits of local heroes and record them and that was uh, was given back. And then I went from there into a th my biggest commission, which was the one where I had to write the 100-year commemoration poem for the first doll in Ireland, which was kind of like a legacy poem. That was put on like, like tens of thousands of leaflets that were handed out to the public. And right. so that that was all like earning and earning and earning. And then, but I, I just I just... I've stopped for a little bit because I, I want I'm just aware that I don't want it to be all to be become about the money. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Of so course, that, yeah. then I, I, I don't want to lose that spark. Yeah. That that joy of like sawing the bollocks off myself in the park and going off and writing about me da. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And what I was finding was because I was so committed to the other stuff, which which was amazing and, and it, do you know what I mean? Again, a real a real privilege to be able to do. I mean, like I represent my country, writing a poem mm, for my absolutely, country. Yeah. It, it's all, it's mind blowing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's. You were up like in the doll as well, weren't you? I the, the one in front of the doll <laughs> was the, my letter to Leo, 
uh, which about the homelessness, and I did it right outside, and it was on all the news stations. Wow, I missed that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then they posted them on this massive oversized wow. letter, my poem to him. And then I was down actually. Down Has he responded to that? Well, like not not officially, but I was down in Tundakarali with uh, a mate of mine. We were just we were having kind of dinner one evening, and uh, and Leo came in and was at the bar. No way. Yeah, and he, he was goes to Thundercon. <laughs> He goes to dark because he's so cool with his colourful, colourful socks. <laughs> you know, I mean, rent spiralled out of control. We have a massive homelessness crisis. You can't get a hospital bed, but he wears colourful socks and goes to cool restaurants. Everything's okay. Yeah, everything is great. Um, but yeah, and so, so he was in it, but he it was like, we were, you know, not far away from each other. And he just stared at me. No way. Good, absolute daggers. And I just sat there just smiling at me, mate. I wasn't going to respond. Wow. Yeah. He knew who you were. It was really, it was really odd, yeah. It was wow. really, really odd. Oh my god! Yeah, you, you didn't. Were you tempted to go up and say hello? I I felt like I was on a day off. You know, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> haven't got time for your tea, shook. I'm having a yeah. pint. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was having a bit of crack. What am I going to yeah, do? Yeah. You're the fella that uh, nothing good was going to come out of the situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, like I've done my piece. It's it's out there. You know, people have responded to it. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and. I yeah. suppose that's the, the 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 detachment as well that you're talking about. You know, I did my work. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah, there you are. I'm, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm having a pint with you, mate. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We don't need to talk yeah. about Take that. Take me now, poet right? cap off. Or yeah. Pope Bar- Beret. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Th- so without getting too, because as you said, you don't necessarily want to get caught up in in the in the social analytical work in in your poetry, for example. Yeah, I'll do more of it. Yeah. I mean, if 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 it. If it's something that I'm passionate about and I feel the need, it's there. But I suppose I was aware of like being classified as a social poet. Okay. You know yeah, I mean? Or yeah. being classified as any, I'm just a poet, yeah. you know? And like actually the, the, the piece that I wrote after, uh, after Leo was like a rebellious piece. It was about this awful first date that I went on where like the, like the girl turned up mad late and then just got, got into like, was like, oh, I'm into insertion. So I'm like, what? And uh, what's that? It's when they <laughs> stick they stuff all? into the, into your like into your cock. <laughs> <laughs> she's into it. How the fuck she is she into, into she it? She was like? into it, and and I was sitting there going like, what the fuck? Well, and, I'm not. And she was like, oh, I hate. I like she was, the first part of the date was her telling me how much she hated Irish men, and I'm going right. <laughs> and uh, I'm about like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and i'm like what the hell am i doing here but then the date got so bad right because i love those so bad it's good situations yeah. so i was texting one of my friends i was like look are you around just text me and tell me to come down and she's like i'm with my family i can't text you you can't go anywhere and then then the date just went on this weird kind of turn and, and i thought this is amazing so i got another drink and i thought i wonder how fucked up this date is gonna get and I got really <laughs> fucked up. Like it got really fucked up. And then like like so she's talking about how like how uh how I was too shy. Like because she wanted so she wanted to insert stuff and I'm like, I'm just there's absolutely no way anything's being <laughs> inserted into me. <laughs> like, Sorry. Is this this is when you go back you go home? Did you go home together, was it? Or? No, no, no. Well, this, this is, is this isn't this is like after a first drink. This so is she's ju- still talking about this. This and you have to argue back. No, and I'm like, look, there's no this is not gonna happen, love, right? And then and then she goes, Look, but okay, well if you don't want that then how about like we go back to mine and we get another bloke and I can watch him 
banging you. What? And I was like, yeah. So I'm like, I've only just met this girl. And, and I was going like, look, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, why? Because you're shy. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You're so shy, Jeff. You don't you're do so anal. Shy. <laughs> you're yeah. so shy. And I, and I thought, I was like, I mean, this is... <laughs> Like and I, but I was I I loved those odd kind of like situations. I just loved the absurdity of them. So so then I was thinking, oh, this is I'm just gonna hang around and see how. Like honestly, I'm just gonna hang around until the end of the night because this is going so like this is an absolute car crash of a first date. That like like how much further can I push it? And so then at the end of she's like, oh, you're not getting the first kiss. <laughs> and I, I, I thought, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I thought, well, uh, that's a bit presumptuous. Now she's like, but I want you to come outside and fuck me in the street. What the fuck? I know. I, I Is swear this a Tinder date? Because I'm hearing yeah. all sorts of, oh, Jesus, it's the fucking pits. So, um, but like, but like, it was 8 p.m., you know, so this was an early date and we were going home and I, and I thought, there's absolutely no way that this is, this is, like, anything with this would ever happen anyway. But like, it's 8 o'clock. Like, I know it's slightly dark because yeah. it's it's kind of co- towards the end of winter, but like, it's the kids in the street. She's like, yeah, but so what? Does the, does the, you know? I was telling you, were shy. Does that? Why should that put you off? I'm like, but like, <laughs> what? So yeah, wow. yeah, I like the home. And then so that was the poem I wrote. That was the, uh, the like. Is after. that a poem? Yeah, it's a poem. Yeah, yeah. Like, go on. Can you do it? Oh God, I haven't done it in so All long. Right. Like, and it's it's about six minutes long. Like, I'll uh, I, yeah, I don't even know. I can't even remember what I called it. But that was that was my. My kind of rebellious response to like okay. people put me down. Oh, he's a social poet. He's doing this and all okay. that. I'm like, wait until you see what else I can yeah. do, lads. <laughs> I've got a poem about insertion. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Right, Madness. okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you. It's I suppose it's a lot of pressure as well to kind of. I suppose that's for other people to say, isn't it? <laughs> you yeah. should just be allowed to do your work. And, and that's all I want to do. Yeah, I yeah. just want to. Like, I'm, I'm very conscious of, of like around my mental health when I write. You know, because I'm. Like I'm quite aware of myself at this stage. After going through like the stuff that I've gone through, I'm quite aware. So like, I know that I know that when I do a big project, that I'm gonna get down afterwards. Like after the because of the come down of the the high. After the high, yeah. Because yeah. and I didn't realize that at the beginning, but then like the the hundred year anniversary poem was like when I handed it in, I was on this. Oh my fucking god! And then like, and then I was coming home from work and going to bed at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and just lying there in the dark and. And being like, why is this happening? You know what I mean? Like, right. why? Why is this? Like, I should, I should be elated. And then, uh, but, but then, but that's okay because I know, I know, I know what that is now, and it's I'm only coming around to it like that. That's what that is. So like, that's okay. This is the way I work. But just take it easy again and go out and do some nice things, and and it's great. And I'm lucky that my girlfriend's amazing. She's really, really great to talk to, and and uh, we go out and have fun together. Yeah, she's a fan. She's a fan. Yeah, she likes my stuff. Yeah. Do you find it's a how does she deal with going out with an artist? I suppose it's, you know. she's a, she's an actress as well. So she, she all right, that's she's mental, right? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Jeff? How are you dealing with that? <laughs> so she's grand, and she's she's writing. She's a writer as well. Like she started to okay. to put her own bits together. Um, so yeah, she's just got to sh- accept it for the fringe this year. And Amazing. She to, yeah, she has to write a show for that. So yeah, I'm really proud of her. It's yeah. great. But yeah. what uh, a theater show or yeah a theater show yeah amazing she's, she's gonna write with another girl Lisa D the two of them are writing together so I'm really interested to see what she comes up with um so yeah but and I think like it's nice because she understands that sometimes I'm fucking mental you know <laughs> like so she's she gets yeah she gets it's, I don't have to explain myself yeah like, yeah yeah 
oh, did I, you know, like she's just like, no, I'll give you a space. And like, yeah. like going up to Derry that time, like to write, she was like, you don't have to ring me, just be, be in your space and take your time to write. I know this is, this is where you have to be. And like having that support is just incredible. You know what I mean? Like not having to explain yourself all the time and just kind of figuring stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And you did, you did your own bit of, uh, first bit of acting there recently as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I How fucking loved it. Did you? Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> and it was only a small part, but like, yeah. Was, was this great. in Seen and Heard Festival or? No, no, it was, it was different. It was Emma O'Brien who I work with a lot. The okay. two of us. He's another poet. He's an amazing poet. The Emma O'Brien experience. Yeah, yeah. That's he just him. released a book, didn't he? His tour book. He's twenty one. He's re- he's got his tour book. Oh god. So I know. Bastard. He's an absolute you bastard. You them bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and so he didn't want to just. He doesn't want to just launch books because like a, a book poetry book launch for the most part is. You go into a room, there's loads of free wine. I always go to them, there's loads of free wine. And <laughs> then uh, I learned that from Spaced back in the, like the late 90s. Go to art launches, you get free wine. <laughs> I go, yeah, it's still true. And so, so then, he, but you go in there and then there's like, there's a talk and maybe there might be a little bit of music and then the poet comes up and does a few poems and then goes and signs the books. And, and it's lovely and I've got, to, I've got some amazing friends that have done it and it's great. But Emma just doesn't work like that because he's never, he's just... He just doesn't know anything else than to be himself, you know. So, right. so for his second book so launch, so he would like that situation at all. Well, that he d- kind of book launch. I don't think he's actually had been to a book launch. I don't know. Right. Okay. So he just launched his own stuff, and did it his own way. And like his his second book launch, he it was a forty five minute set on stage where he had three costume changes, and it was dark, dingy basements. And it was amazing, you know. Wow. And his book was called Yup Out of It. And then this time he wanted something that f- brilliant name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 a big fan of his. Like I see him quite a bit, but I never say hello because yeah. I know I'm interrupting him. Yeah. Not even joking. <laughs> Just leave him off, boy. Just yeah. go because I, I can see him. He's in the middle of something there. I'm not going to interrupt. He writes him. all this. I've never seen anybody that's so prolific. Uh, he's incredible. It's so easy for him. It's so easy. But th- so then for his, his tour book launch, then he he wanted to do this audio visual like spectacle he got poetry ireland to put it on which was bizarre because i don't think they realized they were getting a guy to come in to do a whole book on this this fella who goes on an acid trip and then goes on these adventures so i'm like i explains his shirts yeah 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 (laughs) and then so like the whole um, that we're gonna do the show again but like it was it was brilliant like i got to be this character in his in his book so i right. kind of was part of the framing of the story i was in at the beginning i was the the they call it scally drug dealer who, who gives him his his acid and then at the end of it i'm the guy that pulls him out of it and brings him back around and yeah and it was it was amazing getting into a character I, I hadn't done that before you know so yeah and and just being lost in that yeah. you know being being lost in the emotion whereas like, like before as i was saying with my stuff i had to detach from the emotion yeah. with this you had to connect with it and yeah. be like yeah i'm gonna smash your face in and right. being so angry with each other but and, and grabbing each other and throwing and and yeah it was it was brilliant it was a different type of freedom i, I had so much fun. i'm definitely gonna you know do it again and you guys were collaborating on or was that the project on, on writing a no we were we separate? were collaborating on another piece that we were going to do it's still in the works we're kind of like We've written loads of it, but I think we need to go back and kind of reassess it. We've seen loads of plays in the meantime and and read loads of stuff. And kind of both of us went off. He was finishing his book and I was doing the commissions, so we didn't have time to, to kind of focus on it again. We're going to go back. We're going to go down to Clare over over the summer for a weekend and just to, like go to a little shack and just put it together. We have more of an idea now 
of what way we want the play to take shape. We have the story there. We're really, really happy with the story and the narrative. Okay. It's just the, like, how we're going to tell that narrative. Okay. Is it going to be true? Like, the the go-to thing was go-to spoken word. And I don't know if we're going to do that. We'll, we'll definitely be some elements in it, but, like, I think it'd just be a little bit too passe to do a whole play through spoken word. Um... So and you want to get some scenes, some action going between characters. Yeah, yeah. Because it was <coughs> what we were, what we what we found was that it was a little bit, you know, to me, to you, to me, to you. Right. I'll do a bit for four, you know, for a minute or thirty seconds, then you do a bit, and there was no. It, it wasn't natural. Yeah, yeah, So, 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 yeah. But look, this look, this is the writing process. You write loads of stuff that you're never going to use. Yeah. To get to the parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was saying, I reckon the ratio is like ninety percent of like, like you write a hundred percent stuff and not, and like ninety percent of it isn't funny. <laughs> yeah. And the only way to find out is by dying on your arse. It's by <laughs> yeah, and and going and trying it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And like and not being afraid to just call it. You know, like you, you, you like you are fearless on that front, and that's something that I'm massively admiring you because. I didn't see you do it, but I know that you were doing pop up poetry in yeah. this in the Stony Bladder area. Yeah. Where you would literally this is daytime folks. Drop into a cafe and go, I'm gonna do a poem here. Yeah. And whoever's there is there to yeah. so you do a poem basically to poem. Yeah, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I I I was it was the day before Poetry Ireland Day last year, around May, and um because for years I like Niall from Proper Order had said one of the happy happy Poetry Ireland Day and I wrote, I was like, oh, fuck, I haven't done it. And so I wrote a, a poem for him, which is going into the Barista's documentary, which is a, a weird kind of circular thing. It's like bizarre. And then, so th- then this time it was the night before and I was kind of sitting going, I haven't got an idea of what I'm going to do this year. And uh, I just thought, well, I'll just do pop-up poetry. It just came into my head. And then I'll just go into different places around Dublin and just do poetry. And uh, <sighs> what a, what a, <laughs> what a um, like contract to set with yourself. Like such a scary thing, and just no, it, it did and, scare and, and the shit out of me. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. And what was the reception like? To, so you obviously have to go and tell the proprietors of the of the places that you're going to go. You didn't. No. <laughs> I told one. Fucking hell, that's proper rock and roll. So you were because yeah. when I saw you advertising that online, I was just like, uh, oh, Jeff's obviously organised with a few people that he's going to go and do. A po-. But you were just saying, I'm going to be here doing a poem at this yeah. time or whatever. I just and that's it. You went and did it. Yeah, I just chose a few different places around. I did uh, a coffee shop, I did a park, two, two parks, I did a, a hair salon, I did... A hair salon? Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> I'd say so. What's he talking about? Yeah, the, 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 like the hairdryer stopped. It was like, like <laughs> what's he doing? Right, uh, so you just walk in and say, and just excuse to, me, a, I'm Do you mind if I do a poem? And because and like, then it doesn't really give people an option because everybody is going to go, yeah. But then they have they, they kind of have to listen, and then like so some it was like Irish people are amazing. I mean they're so they're so used to being around art. Like I don't I, I don't think that you know we realise how much art we're kind of exposed to. Mm. But so like when I was going into different bars and stuff, and like I do it, people who didn't want to listen to it would just their conversation went down and they whispered, and okay. they were very respectful. Yeah, and other people kind of got into it and and did it, and then I just drop a piece and then walk out and yeah, drop a piece. Fucking hell! Yeah, it was, uh, I, my heart was about to explode out my chest every single time, but it was great. And what yeah. do they do when you finish? Is there an applause? Is there a clap, or do they? There is, and, and then so from then, then like a week later, I wrote this show, this pop up show. I don't know, I don't know what you could, like this with this um, American artist called uh, Lena Chen, 
and she comes over from time to time and uh, so we did this piece where I would I would chatter up true poetry in different places around Dublin so she'd be in just doing something and then I'd get her attention and then she'd kind of like dismiss me and I'd be like oh do you not know I'm a poet you know being all brash and being like <laughs> and then I'd like do you, here here I'll give you a poem and, be, and giving her a poem and then like and then she'd reply and then I'd, re- I'd, re- I'd retort again and we'd go back and forth until, until it came to a conclusion. And that was really interesting. And right. it was really interesting to see, like, because she didn't know what Irish audience would be like. And okay. I was like, we have to give them a happy ever after. And she was like, no, I want to just, like, kind of bitch slap you. And, and I thought, all right, well, it's going to be like, I said, but, I said, but be prepared. We're not going to get a round of applause. Irish people aren't going to know what to do with this. Okay. Um, and they didn't. And it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there was one time we were, I think people thought it was like a, a, a naked camera thing or something. <laughs> so she was, she was like, we were in, um, in Dublin Castle, you know, where the Chester Beatty Library is and yeah. the, the, the little park there and everybody's on their benches. And, and she was there and I just came around the corner and I was like, hey, how's things? And, and just went into poetry. And there was a girl sitting to the right of her, um, and she was I could just see her like shrinking into herself going I don't want to be here what the fuck is this and then I, and it goes on for about like five minutes you know and uh, we did it in Grogan's and did it in Stevens Stevens Green was great uh, did it a few times in there and, and did it around the place and yeah and um, and we did it and then I was doing a gig actually on the Sunday night so we had her as a plant in the international bar so I didn't right. talk to her for the whole night and then halfway during my set, she like halfway during a piece, she walked out, and I was like, "Where the fuck do you think you're going? Do you not like that's a bit disrespectful?" And, and everyone in the room's going, "And then, what the fuck?" And then I and then I went into the whole thing, and then she came back, and then they were like, "Oh, the, the, the oh, thing. That's a thing, yeah, that's amazing, man." Yeah, would you, would you think of doing it? Because in London, they kind of do stuff on the tube and stuff like that, but uh, and in, I think yeah, they definitely do it in New York on the on the underground and stuff like that. People just hop on play music or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It would, do you think yeah, I suppose it'd be cool on that wouldn't it hop on and off Lewis stops and just oh, give, yeah, give, yeah. Give, give it, drop a poem on a Lewis you know? yeah the red line Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to do poetry shut the fuck up yeah, you yeah. dick <laughs> yeah there might yeah. be too many earphones in as well <laughs> yeah you know, on the commute and so what's the like you've obviously got a, a load of projects and in the mix but what, what do you despair about Ireland as a country because you're so uh, you care about it so much and a lot of your work it, like the social part of it, you do care about it a lot but do you see yeah. your future kind of more going down that route or are you just kind of enjoying living life and going to seeing what happens or is, it, is there anything specific you want to focus on yeah it's like I suppose I just like letting things unfold and seeing you know seeing how they go so like at the beginning of each year I give myself a little goal to try and hit you okay. know like um few years ago it was to get published and I, I kind of met that goal in February so then I had to change it and, and go forward and then last year it was like look I'm sick of doing gigs for people for free and for fucking exposure I want to get paid and okay. even and, but, but then I, I didn't realize I'd get I'd actually like get properly paid for yeah. it, you know so uh, so yeah but so I give myself little goals and and then and this year it's just to have fun again you know so I've got a few n- nice little projects coming up uh, a project with Mike um, from Proper Order. Legend. Yeah, he's he's lovely, and he was putting up some of his watercolored paintings online, and I was like, "Dude, we should do something together. Like, we can do, we're gonna do like an adult picture book, you know, like in the same vein as a child's picture book, where it's like page two lines, like page two lines, and and painting. So we've worked together on a poem of mine, and he's painted some images that kind of 
that go with it you know what I mean like, yeah. like, there's a slight juxtaposition because his work is, is so stark and there's a, a kind of a a rawness to the beauty of it you know mm. he's and he paints human form so amazingly like, he does he really does yeah yeah, yeah. so I, ju- I just you fall in love with the characters that he's he's, he's painted and so yeah I have I've a p- piece about Sundays which is um, like kind of just waking up on a Sunday morning and just having sex and like how, how amazing that like like Sundays are deadly because so many people are like I fucking hate Sundays I've yeah, got to yeah. work and I've got and I'm like actually no Sundays are bleeding deadly yeah, you've got yeah. this this free day uh, but if if you you know if you you know off and so I thought it'd be it'd be nice to have that kind of the really kind of visceral beautiful words and this the slightly off kind of be- beautiful images in in the, in the the non traditional way I suppose yeah. so yeah we were very close to getting that and that's just going to be in like a, a zine going to be around the place and we haven't done a where caf- coffee shops maybe some bookshops it's not I don't know I don't think it's not about making money it's just about having fun yeah, um, yeah. and yeah I'm working on something kind of interesting that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. just once the once the the interest keeps going, you keep going. Yeah, I want to I want to be constantly challenged to do put put out my comfort zone. I love being put out of my comfort zone. About like where am I going to go next? What can I do? Like the acting was outside my comfort zone, and I really enjoyed that. And I'll probably pursue that a bit more and see where where I go with that. And um, yeah, and and actually maybe putting some stuff down in a book eventually because I don't have anything. I don't have much. Like y- you can't really find that much of my stuff if you want to find me. Okay. Which I kind of quite like. You kind of right. have to come and see me live. Um, in saying that, like I've got one of my poems is published like twenty thousand times or something okay. like that. Just <laughs> you know, the, that's the, in a poetry Ireland book, is it? No, it's the nineteen nineteen poem, the January, the the first all poem. I actually I have, I have a copy upstairs. I'll give you. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's like. So, but but like other than that, you can't you can't really find me. Yeah. It's I like I'm I'm in awe of the work that you do and I'm like uh, uh <laughs> thanks dude, you don't have to say that. Well I but well just from the point of view, like I find you people like you inspirational. Like even that you're scared of doing the pop up poetry, for example, you know what I mean, yet you go and do it. That and the work that you're doing with communities and uh and people around this area and the I think it's really, really uh great, uh inspirational and not enough of it. I wish there was more of it when I was growing up kind of a thing, but keep doing what you're doing. Thank you cheeky request you wouldn't finish it off with a poem would you yeah yeah um, you want. um what one will i do i'll do i'll do my first kiss one will i because yeah cool uh, i have to stand up to do it will i will yeah. i introduce you yeah no? just before i go yeah. before i do this um there's one other just uh, like i'm working with another group or about to work with another group okay. and i just really want to say because it's very important i met a guy andy from pavy point who's doing some wonderful things with um young travelers and he's getting them to help them around expression and kind of getting in touch with uh, with how they feel and and using that in a positive way. So mm-hmm. I'm hopefully going to be working on a book with him to help to help the help these guys uh, maybe do some poetry or, or creative writing or something and okay. put it together into a book. Yeah, it's only at the beginning of it, but I think like it, like uh, the stuff that Pavi Point do is is incredible, and I'm really excited about working with that. So like that was that's one of the like projects this year that I can't wait for. Amazing! I'm looking forward to, to hearing the results of that. That would be yeah. really cool. Yeah. Best of luck with it, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to stand up for this one? You were saying I'll do stand up because I I, yeah, yeah. I don't like um I don't like perform when I'm sitting down. I kind of feel like I don't know. this lead. That's the enough here. there. Yeah, I can do it there. Okay, that's dope. enough. Yeah, thank and you. This one is called First Kiss. Yeah, and I suppose this is the one that this is the first piece that I wrote that people kind of started to stand up and listen to, and it kind of from this, 
everything else has just unraveled. Like when I was seeing when Alice Kinsa saw me in that bar that night, kind of locked. <laughs> I brought like just bringing in my own bottles and sparking them under the table and drinking them and then <laughs> going up on stage, and like from there, like and and then th- from this is the piece like that was kind of started it all i suppose yeah amazing ladies and gentlemen thank you so much jeff for uh, having me in your home thank you for coming on to the show uh ladies and gentlemen this is first kiss sorry this is first kiss by the poet jeff i'm tour dean and my shorts dirty from all the foot you've been playing all day the score something all and it's next goal the winner and i gotta score soon because i'm late for my dinner but my folks know how important this is to me and they leave me be ah should we wait and see I'll probably still be in trouble and get bent over one day. The girls rock up me man up to show off to the crowd and whether it's come here, come here or some other jeer we scream out something loud. I'm wearing my favourite tracks and my hair's on fleek. I'm a decent looking dude but I'm all shy and meek. But the only kiss I've gotten is the one on the cheek and that'll change soon though. Could even happen this week. So as the girls rock up we put in the show and I'm getting late for dinner but fuck that if I'll go. Because Kate's here. She walks up to me. Slowly. Softly. And with those eyes and that hair, she looks deadly. And in my dreams, she has led me into all sorts of happiness. But right now, it's just us. What's the score, she says. Who's winning? And just like my dreams, this is just the beginning. So I smile and say nothing. Just take her by the hand. Rub her fingers down. Rub my fingers down with the side of her face. Or I show you she understands. It's time to step up to be a man. And as she's squeezing my hand, I kiss her lips. There's moving about for her hips to show it's going well. Well? What? Shit. I drifted off there. And she's staring at me, waiting for an answer. Something about footy, yeah, I think I'll chance it. Uh, we don't really keep score. It's kind of more for the love of it. Fuck. What a tit. She'll think you're full of it. Ah, cool, she says, and walks away. My first kiss left away for another day. I'm 14, and the kiss still hasn't come. I tell my friends it's more important to have fun. I'm still playing footy, but inside I feel numb. Jesus Christ, Jeff, just kiss anyone. There's an under-16 disco when I ask Kate again. We go over here and then try and pretend that there's no real attraction, that we're just there as friends, but the way she looks at me is crazy and I wish I could beg, borrow and lend some courage. Just for the night. Just fucking kiss her, dude, before she bails and take flight. She won't wait forever. And tonight she's looking better than ever. She's like an angel from a Yates' love letter, blonde hair, blue eyes and just a hint of eyeshadow. She's in a new dress too. Don't be stupid, dude. This is all for you. Bring her out to the dance floor, get the congrats from the crew. Hopefully, this time will be new. She whispers in my ear that she likes my new short. Now looking back it was too big but that didn't matter to her. We slow dance to some song about falling in love and the kiss is coming quickly but I'll sure need a shove. Just stop thinking about it. You may get it too big an issue. Look at her eyes dude, she's with you, it'll be bliss too. A kiss between young fools, it's on you. But you back away after the chance, after the dance. You miss your chance. You make it too much about romance. Go back to the boys and their bromance. Fuck. Inside I feel ill. I feel like going home and throwing on the smiths and then chill. I feel like crying if I could just sum up the will, but I don't. Kate looks over hurt. There's tears in her eyes. She thought I'd make the move and questions why I question why. I want to tell her that I'm sorry. I'm sorry this was on me and that I failed. This first kiss feels like a prison. I keep building more walls to this jail. Kate walks over and starts dancing with Rob. He's only two minutes with her before he lobs the gob. He made that look easy. I feel queasy. What the fuck's she doing with that slob? You all right, Jeff? Me? Yeah, not a care. But inside of my quietness, scream is not fucking fair. Hey lads, who wants to play truth or dare? I'll go first and smash this point back without coming up for air. I hope that'll take the hurt away. I'm 16 and I'm mixing with a new crew from work. I still haven't kissed yet, but I blocked out that hurt. My friends think I'm gay and that's okay, maybe it's this flashy shirt. It's certainly something with the way I dress, which is the only way I can express. So I care less and less and less. Fuck it. I started drinking. Not a lot, just one or two. 
this dude I work with tells me he thinks I'm mad smooth. Says I should leave behind me a trail of women without being rude. Says women are there to be respected and not a commodity to be used. I was looking at his every word like Lou. He's like a brother to me. He's a special kind of guy. He says he'll help me get over my fear of being shy. Says the hardest thing about women is the first word, so just say hi. Introduce yourself. Ask if they want a drink and that's your boy. And then just start talking bollocks and try and make them smile. It's a game. Enjoy the chase. That's it. This one day I'm working, the new hires begin. I go over for a gander to see what state they're in. I'm stopped in my tracks. I can't get my breath back. There's Kate. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe I could show the ropes, be our mate, ask her kiss her, not make another mistake, but I have to play it cool. So brush past and pretend I'm taking this still. Oh, hey, Jeff. I didn't know you worked here. Yeah, a little while I got the job for me old dear. I see you just started. That's ace, to be honest. I love working at this place. The people are cool and I made some great mates, so... How you been? Haven't seen you in an age. She looks at me with those vivid blue eyes and says, Great. I'm going to find it hard to wait. Play it cool, man. Play it cool. Weeks go by and then months after that. Most break times are just me and Kate having the chats and a lot goes back to the past and she asks if she'll see the lads. I say, yeah, they're still there. Still having the crack. It's good to have her back. There's a night out in work and we're hitting a local bar. I ask Kate if she's going and feel the beat in my heart. It skips as she says, yes, she'll be said to be there after dark. She says, she's glad that I'm going and can't wait for the party to start. All I can think of is that I'm leaving my mark. Cool. See you Saturday, so. It's all fun and games in this part. I pick my shirt carefully. It's a match winner that fits and looks you hot me. I share her put on a spray and a dolled up mercenary. You have to look good, so she just sits and stares at me. You look good, son. Are you meeting anyone nice? Nah, man, I'm just heading out for the night. She says, okay, but I can see her think, yeah, fucking right. She sees that skip my step and that look of the light. Tonight's going to be the night of all nights. I can't wait to get in and head straight to the bar. Uh, a point of Dutch courage, mate, when you make it go far. See the lads in the corner all having a jar and my heart feels like a passenger in a spun out race car. Hit walks in and I stop. She looks amazing. I have to be careful now because she's got full gaze on. Wave over and smiles, happy day, son. It's like a romance from a play's come. I take my time before I go over to talk. Jesus Christ, Jeff, don't let her know that's her just stock. Glance over for her, look, she's also grabbing a hawk. I take a deep breath and then I walk. That walk of walks. It's like my body is cheese, my mind is chalk. I hope I'm able to talk. Her hair soft on her face and her eyes vivid blue. She tilts her head slowly and stares straight at you. Her smile tells a story like she knows what I'll do and her eyes light in glory saying it's on you, it's all on you. I smile and say hi and ask her if she wants a drink. And before she can think, I grab her hand and feel my heart sink. It's like I'm rushing a letter off to finish quick before I run out of ink. I rub my fingers down by the side of her face. This is what Mac meant when he said to enjoy the chase. I'm taking my time, taking everything in. The score is something all and I'm just about to win. She closes her eyes and her heads come together. She puts her hand on my chest and I let her, in fact, I beg her. This night's getting better and better. It's time. I've waited my whole life for this. Our lips join. And that was my first kiss. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 